To the free advice podcast, everybody. Ow, ow. That's your host, Morgan Beard. And that's your other host, Rob Zaleski. All right, guys, we got such an entertaining show. We're just going to make noises with our mouths and you're going to hear them and it's going to feel like there's people in the room with you. It's going to feel just like you're used to with other people and no worries and maybe some worries, but. Yeah, it's going to be normal. Yeah. Be normal worries, worries about like, oh, I let the dog take a dump on the sidewalk and I only cleaned up a little bit of it with the bag that I had. <laughs> Am I going to, did anyone see that? Am I going to be in trouble with my neighbors? Other worries that you used to have, like, like give another one, Morgan. Um, Like, did I leave the oven on? Did I leave the oven on when I left my house? I wouldn't think that that would just start a fire, but. I don't know, maybe if, if there was an earthquake. Yeah, it's like it doesn't, um, it definitely won't start a fire if you leave the oven on and you're in your house. But if you leave the oven on and you leave the house, burn to a crisp. You might get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> the oven starts pushing its limits. Yeah. And things. And it just feels yeah. like, well, fine, you neglected me. I'm going to just see, you see what I do when I am left to my own devices. You'll see. Right. Um, regular worries like, Oh, did I run out of toilet paper? Wait, wait, you wait, look? wait, time out, time out. That's that's yeah. related to a, co- a coronavirus worry. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> Anything to do with toilet paper is like a no-go right now in this fantasy land. That's strange. That's it that's never been a, a crisis um representation symbol before, has it? Toilet no. Paper? Why are people so worried about running out of toilet paper? As like the thing, it's so, it's not that necessary. I know. Yeah, this point has been made about putting your thumb over the hose or just putting your butt up against the sink many times, just using a towel and then putting the towel in the shower, um, or just getting in the shower, whatever. Just getting in the shower. Um, yeah, dunking yourself in the toilet, putting the seat up, and then just dunking. Maybe not that um, one. Maybe not that one. We don't officially <laughs> recommend making, that one. <laughs> all kinds of solutions, but uh, but like yeah, unlike it's food, it's, a big it's not item. a necessity. It's so big at the grocery store. It's like mm-hmm. the largest size per cost thing that you can get. Okay, that, that might not be true, but it feels like it's on that end of <laughs> well, things. All right, but by that account, why are paper towels not in the same category? I think they're also out, um, but running out of paper towels isn't as big of a deal as running out of, like some people never have paper towels, you know? That's true. There's a, there's a smaller, there are some households that don't use toilet paper, but that's a, a minority compared to the number of households that don't use I wonder what the uh, Venn diagram towels. is of like anti-vaxxers and non-paper toilet paper users. Um, probably low. Compared to regular Why? population? I don't know. Just because it's like, oh, we don't use toilet paper here. <laughs> oh, you think it's I French think if people? I think it's people with a European sensibility. I think it's sophisticated people who are not using toilet paper. People who have I don't a bidet. Think it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think of people who are anti-faxers as like anti-sophisticated. Well, I'm thinking it's more about 
oh, we're really conscious of like what we put in our bodies and like, oh, we don't mm-hmm. use like bleach paper products. We only use fibers we've woven together out of leaves, which to be fair would work, <laughs> had worked for thousands of years. It's pretty weird to me that other animals don't wipe their butts. That's a great point. On on the one hand, it's, I think, related to them just not being as clean as us or, like, caring about that type of shit. On the other hand, huh. I think it's the specific, yeah, the specific <laughs> um, shape of our butts. Like, from walking upright, we've got these butts that, like, kind of hide our butthole. Whereas mm. guys that um, walk on all fours, such as dogs and cats, don't really have these big cheeks that hide their butthole so much. I think it's more about our general self-consciousness about like how we look, how we smell, our, our sexual attractiveness. Like I think it's all of those things that make us think like, ooh, I don't want to have something like icky just like trailing me. What if right. someone sees it? What if someone smells it? What then? That would kind of be the norm, though, and that would be like, uh, I think just you know, like dogs. Dogs enjoy mm. that. But you don't. You would. I you think go our poop started smelling worse. Mm. Probably toilet paper was a natural reaction to Smuckers or some other <laughs> one of the guys that changed our diet to make it worse. I bet it's clothing. And like we needed. You think it's clothing? I think it's using clothing. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, because like yeah. if you didn't wipe your ass. And you're just like putting that back into underwear, especially white underwear. Like, that's it. Those underwear are done. Because you can wash them, but that shit's going to stay. Yeah. Hmm. This is um, not an appetizing start to the podcast. (laughs) I hope that you're not eating dinner, sitting down (laughs) for your your dinner meal. Your main meal of the day, and you just have us over for your like little mock dinner party. I think the fans are smart enough to know by now that they shouldn't eat while we're on, because who knows what we're gonna say. What are some of the best things to do while we're on? Ah, uh, great question. Um, uh-huh. I would say, as you've said, household chores, cleaning up um, your nails. You know, something where do you're your putzing nails? around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, obviously commuting is slightly less of a thing now for most people. What's the best household chore? Best by what criteria? For us? Morgan's. Morgan's. You get to pick, you know, you say you move into a house with Mm. 20 other adults. There's reality TV cameras and you get first pick of which chore. And then you say, I don't know what the chores are. And they're like, you know, it's basic chores it's like the stuff that we're gonna have to do at this house you can figure it out you just have to pick first Mm. um i could get on board with uh like cleaning surfaces like you know kitchen bathroom sort of stuff um Mm -hmm. i could get on board with laundry i i could really do anything i'm i'm fine with it i don't really have like that much of a preference i mean i think i have like skill and ease with like organizing stuff and like I consider myself a pretty good cleaner but I'm not like Mm. oh I'm too fussy like I'm not going to take out the trash or I can't be I can't be uh, bothered to wash the dishes or something like I'm fine with it whatever needs to be done I had a thought about cleaning the other day Mm -hmm. have you ever viewed cleaning as a subtractive art where you leave a little bit of dirt just like (laughs) in a a pattern that you know what I mean like you don't want to remove all the dirt from the sink the, the fat like a home zen sink. garden. 
Kind of, yeah. Like like um, designing the streaks mm. from your dirty sponge to give it just a little bit of a flare. I you kind of definitely have not thought of that. <laughs> well, it's something to think about. If you're going to clean at 99%, because if you clean perfectly, it's pretty hard to tell one clean job or clean part, clean um, hygienic artist's touch from another. <laughs> but if you leave, if you leave like, one percent of the grime you there's so much you can do to play with that you're a minimalist hygienic artist yeah Mm -hmm. i mean think of it like a hair on a head imagine you're a Mm -hmm. barber and then you go to clean your sink Mm -hmm. you could just shave the head you could just wipe everything out of the sink or you could like (laughs) leave a sprout one pee (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i yeah i have to admit i have not thought of that (laughs) okay Games, I think the more you can find games for yourself mm-hmm. in um, the otherwise boring activities, right? the better right. your life's going to be. That's kind of one of my philosophies. Yeah. I, uh, I give, have me to... a, give me a thing that you dislike doing and I'll give you a game. Okay. Um... And then say what you're going to say. <laughs> if it's still. <laughs> but still here's your order of operations. Juicy. Do it this way, this way, this way. Um, I gave you a command and then I didn't want to back down and take longer. So I was just like, all right. I, I no, it's that. cool. It's cool. But, Let's but um, honor that I heard you say something. All right. You know what? You know what? I'm not great at doing regularly and like let I like I love when it's done, but I let it pile up is like oh, okay. taking my clothes off at the end of the day or, you know, whatever changing. And then like I end up with a pile of clothes, you know, on the bed. I just move it between like the bed and the floor or like spread yeah. it around the bed so I can sleep. That uh, that's a chore that I don't love. What's your game gamification for that? Get a hoop of some sort. It could be like a stand up um, laundry basket or mm-hmm. one of those, you know, springs or box of some sort. Put a line or at the end of a carpet and um, make it into a basketball toss type of game where <laughs> you throw from between your legs in a squat. You know, like how Shaq used to do free throws, granny style. Mm-hmm. Um and then when you miss, you have to go back to the line and try again. How am I going to throw them onto hangers that way? Because that's mostly what I'm avoiding doing. Oh, you're hanging putting them. stuff back. You're yeah, putting yeah, it yeah. Back. I got to put that shit just back. Cleaning it. Right, right. No, I'm not just like picking How it up you and putting clothes? it. In. You, you don't drown everything in sweat the first time you wear it. I barely sweat. Wow. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we've got a different game here. Okay. Um, all right. How do you make a game out of hanging the clothes back up? Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Give the um the clothes each a voice, mm. and imagine that they are uh, begging to be spared from this torture that you're about to do to them. And then you can act out a little scene between <laughs> um the sweater. It's like. No, please. I have gloves at home that, that need me to take care of them. I'll do anything to avoid this pain. And then you'd be like, be quiet. You're getting the hanger. And then jam the hanger into the sweater <laughs> softly. I mean, you don't want to ruin the sweater. Right, right. But then put it up. <laughs> like, play that kind of. Uh, okay. I don't know. Don't go Nazi with it or anything, but do like a, a mad scientist who's kind of like experimenting on victims type of character. And. And it'll feel silly, or it, you might think that that's dumb and not fun, but if you try it, it might actually be fun. It's interesting, because I feel like we often approach this 
like differently where to me, I'm more a situation where I'm not a villain is more appealing to me. Like if they, if the clothes were like, Oh my God, please hang me up. Like I don't want to have wrinkles in me and I want to go back in there with my friends and look all new and be all ready for you to pick me out again. Like if I'm saving them for me to be a hero is more appealing than for me to be a villain. And I feel like we often have this, this, um, divide between us where you often go to like this villainous thing of like, don't you have a, don't you have a mortal enemy? And I'm like, no, (laughs) why would I have that? (laughs) Okay. Here's, here's why my, you're, you're appealing to like your ideal or your super ego, how you'd like to be. And like, what's good, Morgan. I'm Mm. saying work with the id, the part that doesn't give a fuck, the part that's like leaving these clothes on the floor or wherever, you know, on the bed. Like if you're, if you're finding yourself in that state mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. It's kind of like your lower self, like mm-hmm. lean into that and and channel that lower self to like, you know what I'm really going to do to show that I don't care about these clothes. I'm going to ignore their whimpers <laughs> and I'm going to hurt them. <laughs> that just doesn't appeal to me. Like that doesn't make that chore more pleasurable to me at all. All right. Like I understand what you're saying. I think it's an interesting concept though, you that you're it. saying like, Perhaps there's part of me that has slightly disavowed the like lower self or the shadow. I know mm-hmm. you're reading a book about the oh, shadow right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're speaking the same mm-hmm. line. Yeah, and I've obviously I have a lower self, but yeah, I think my lower self tends to go more apathetic than evil. Yeah, but what is evil but uh, pointed apathy? Mm. So mine is dull apathy, <laughs> unpointed apathy, <laughs> non-specific yeah, apathy. Smooth, <laughs> smooth as a baby's bottom apathy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I put a diaper yeah. on my apathy. Um, oh yeah, diapers. Talking about butt wiping. Diapers. We didn't talk about diapers. Do we I need to? I wonder if Maybe diapers not. have been selling out. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a big change in the diaper section of your grocery? I don't know. I so what I did do was I went to Target because I was like, oh, I uh, cannot be fucked with. I cannot get myself to wait in line at six feet spaced out line that looks enormous to get into like Trader Joe's again. Forget that. I'm going to Target. I'm only gonna make. I'm only gonna make stuff that requires like very limited, uh, a very limited spread of you know fresh produce because I think that's Target's weakest grocery area um but they let you Mm -hmm. in without any you know spacing out so far so far it's a no fuss situation because grocery shopping really stresses me out coronavirus aside i don't really enjoy it Mm -hmm. when you're at target do you kind of like peep the candles and decorative elements too last time i was there i was primarily there to get groceries but i also got i got toilet paper i got paper towels no problem i bought a nail polish i bought a candle exactly like you said like i love the fact that i can just go in there and it's just this like emporium of modern consumerism i i love it i feel very at ease there and it's an activity that's like fun for me to just kind of wander and be like ooh, do i need another like faux succulent probably not but it's here Mm Hmm. yeah I uh, want to offer another game whenever you like mm. get a new candle or a succulent, really celebrate it, mm-hmm. like throw it at a party and, and try and get the other things around it excited and, and sell them <laughs> on why this thing is so good. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, a non-evil game, non-evil domestic that, game. No, that's that game. You're kind of more playing a Flava Flav type character. I would like <laughs> all the games to be a Flava Flav character. <laughs> I want right. to lean you hard into that. He was kicked that. out of Public Enemy, though, right? No, I didn't. He was removed. It was right before the coronavirus stuff when Bernie Sanders had a Public Enemy uh, mm. fundraiser in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he was removed for saying that he did not consent to these songs being used to Bernie Sanders mm. rallies. And um, I'm forgetting, was it Chuck D? The other guy, Chuck D, I think, is the other guy in Public Enemy. He was like, all right, yeah, you're, you're no longer part of Public Enemy. So Flav wow. Flav seen better days. Sure. Um, I mean, that was already true. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not I'm his gonna, peak. I'm going to transition to the lightning round. Are I you think ready that's for that? great because I, I don't think we can do another hour of Flavor Flav content. Oh, let's not make this a two hour show. <laughs> Here we go. Embarrassed with double D's throwaway hmm. says, how do I kiss my girlfriend? I don't understand how it works physically. Oh. Throw away because I'm embarrassed and don't oh. want this tied to my main account, lol. I've been with my girlfriend for about three weeks now, and we've known each other for roughly two months. I really like this girl, and I think she's sweet. She's 15, and I'm 17. Since we're both girls, and our mm. families don't know about us, we can still have sleepovers <laughs> and such like normal. Nice. <laughs> we've had a few sleepovers and cuddled, hugged, held hands, etc., but we still haven't kissed yet. Mm. We're both shy and awkward people. So neither of us are the type to initiate it. <laughs> You've really gotten into a character. Anyone. I haven't kissed anyone before. <laughs> and I don't think she has either, to be Ooh. honest. Oh my. How do I go about this? I don't physically understand how to kiss. As stupid as it sounds. Mm. Okay. There you go. Amazing. Embarrassed throwaway. Embarrassed throwaway. What you got, Morgan? First thing I want to say, super brave to write in, even on a throwaway account. Because, yeah, it's it's always embarrassing when you feel like there's something you should know about how something works that feels basic. And, you know, probably your friends have done it. And, you know, you've you've presumably, which is part of my advice as well, uh, seen kissing occur. So I think that a, an easy way to get into like first trying to figure out, okay, what are the mechanics of this are to watch, watch people kiss. So, you know, where can you find that anywhere on the internet? You can go on YouTube. Um, I'm sure. And Google like best kisses on, I don't know, maybe reality TV or something. Um, anything, it doesn't really matter. And just look around and see, Take in the data. How do other human beings kiss? Because there are there is bad data too. There is a lot of data on what not to do. Um, What's a bad kiss? Maybe we should start with that. So I think everyone. The other thing to say is that subjective kisses are very subjective. You know, some I've I've been a part of many many a kiss where you know there's a, a difference in you know how each party feels about how the kiss went down. Um, And I think there are differences, some of which are by gender, um, in terms of how people want to kiss, how, how they want to be kissed. Um, my, in my experience, um, 
I would from 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 anic- from other people's anecdotes and uh, and and some some experience. I haven't kissed that many girls, but in general, um, I have noticed that men kind of are go for like a deeper, more intense, maybe wetter, more tongue kind of kiss. They're a little bit more aggressive with it because um, I think that their kind of program is like I want to like penetrate you know, to some extent. Um, mm, and then stick a, the tongue mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm, just get in there. Um, not the kind of kiss like. I most enjoy, especially at the beginning of a, of a kissing adventure. Maybe, maybe if it's in the middle of sex, like you might want something more aggressive to kind of match the tone of, of the encounter. Um, all right, let's backpedal. A okay. Little bit, well, though, you're going to let me finish now, any of the things that I start here. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll try. Can I just make a comment on the 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 woman's side of the kiss first before yeah. at least finish yeah. wrap that up before oh, we depart? We're, we're excited to hear. All of our listeners are stoked. <laughs> um, okay, we, we want to hear a woman's perspective on on a kiss, getting or given kiss. So I find that women tend to kiss in a way that's a little more gentle, a little softer. Mm. Uh, there's a little bit more of a slower kind of lead up and it's more about enjoying and or savoring the, the sensuality of just what does it feel like for our lips to be next to each other? Um, and, and moving them a little more carefully, um, you know, kind of like teasing them. It's, it's generally like a more precise kind of attuned goal, I would say. And again, this is all very like generalized, probably heteronormative, um, but just, you know, a, 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 a thesis based on what I've observed. Okay. But everyone's different is sort of like the, the underlying idea of what I'm trying to say. Um, and the best way to really get a sense of like what you might like or what your partner likes is, you know, watch, watch kissing, try it, talk. Um, yeah, it's. It's an art, not a science, is I think the important thing to start with. So what were you going to say? I think that, that you got two routes mm-hmm, generally, mm-hmm. and there's you can transition between them, but you can go for the hard kiss or mm-hmm. the soft kiss, mm-hmm. the tight or the loose, you know? Mm-hmm. You can like, you can take a deep breath and like squint your whole face together and, and mash your face up against theirs, which can be exciting if there's like that much of a, of a release of excitement. I don't think that you should start that way though, because there's a greater risk of like tooth injury, Mm. nose smashing, um, eyelash gouging, (laughs) any number of like, get your face, you know, there are a lot of pitfalls. I'd recommend start with the soft, slow kiss. And, um, my advice for that is like, remember that the most erotic part of your body is your mind. And so mm. you, you want to practice the principle of anticipations, which like just savor those moments right before that, that unknown, that like mm-hmm. the question of what will this feel like? Are they going to go for it? Am I going to go for it? And I think that means like a slow approach, a um, just a mindfulness of, of build up, pay attention to your breath and like, once you get close enough to smell her breath, what's that like? And can she smell yours? And does that feel vulnerable? Does that feel like, uh oh, are you self conscious about that? All of that, and then like just lean into that, and then the acceptance of of kissing and and kissing back. Um, really, the mechanics of that I think are one person leans a little bit one way, 
um, like an inquisitive look, like someone just said something you don't quite understand and you tilt your head a little to the left, other person tilts their head a little to the right. You do this to avoid nose smushing. Now, mm-hmm. it depends on what type of nose you got, to what extent you got to do this. <laughs> if you both have really sunken noses, you might be able to go straight head on. I have more of a beak, so I've always been a leaner. <laughs> Um, beaked people tend to be leaners. If you've ever seen birds kiss, they're pretty much at 90 degrees angles. So, um, I maybe go 20 degrees, 30 degrees cause I'm not quite bird, but, um, yeah, so you're going to want to lean, um, and you can just start with like a slight pucker. Um, you've, you've seen a person make a duck face on MySpace, right? Morgan or on, you know what a duck face is? Right. When lip. Pressing the lips together and kind of they're wide and out. Um, I think that they're they're not wide. The corners in my mind, I'm making one right now. It's like shooting uh, my lips forward in the direction of my tongue and my corners of my mouth come closer together. Actually, they like become in line with my nostrils as opposed to wider than them. Interesting. I think of a duck face as it being rather horizontally wide. But yeah, the lips push together. Well, I want to say that the duck face at its full peak is um, an exaggerated form of what I think you should be doing. Just go for a semi-duck so that you're like offering the <laughs> lips a little bit, but it's not um, it's not a, a hard a hard pucker like that. Um, I, I actually I kind of disagree, but I really? but if you want to finish your How point you, first. Uh, um, no, I'd love to hear a counter argument on how much to pucker. Um, yeah. So in line with starting with a softer kiss, mm-hmm. I try to approach relaxed. So you don't want to be smiling cause that's, that's peeling your lips away. It's hard to even, it's really hard to kiss someone who, where their teeth are out. Yeah. So yeah. what, what I tend to do is tooth on tooth is, is a, a, a bad outcome. You don't want that. Yeah. No, you want to have the teeth involved very little unless you're moving into a higher level uh, tactic, uh, which is biting, biting, which I really enjoy. um, But I'm going to go ahead and recommend that for your your first endeavor, your first wade in the pool of first contact shouldn't be a bite. Don't need to bite. Somebody starts with a bite. Yeah. Um, anyway, (laughs) so, so I think, I think you're right about the slight tilt with the lean in. I don't always do that. Mm -hmm. I, my nose doesn't protrude out quite as much as yours, but it's not like sunken Mm -hmm. in necessarily. Um, but I, I, I usually think I'm, I'm starting with someone. It kind of starts with like the eye gaze. Like if you imagine, and, and people do this and I actually think this is a pretty valid way of, kind of approaching at least for the first time is putting your hand out in front of you. It can be like front or back. It doesn't really matter. It's just a surface I've made out with walls, like just to practice, just to practice, just when you're like, you know, exactly the age you are. And you're like, I don't really understand the mechanics of this practice on anything. Um, and imagine that you're, if you're holding your hand out right in front of your face, um, you know, imagine that you're kind of locking eyes with it, your eyes resting on, maybe the, um, the marks of, of where your knuckles are or where your knuckles bend from if you're looking at the inside of your hand. Mm-hmm. And just kind of slowly like bring your hand. I'm doing it right now. It's kind of hard with the mic, but um, bring your hand like gently like closer to your face and keep kind of looking at it and then move your gaze from where the eyes would be if it were a, another face a, a, 
opposing you um, to mm-hmm. where the mouth would be or like where your lips are going to land. And then I just relax them. I just relax my mouth and soften my lips and just try to um, not have too much tension. And that's an anxiety thing and a physical tension thing. So I just kind of try to present at like a relaxed kind of soft, luscious, maybe slightly pouted kind of lip, but just there, just kind of ready. And, and then you get to the point, and now I'm actually pushing my lips up against my hand. And then you get to the point where your lips just barely are touching the surface of, of what you're kissing. And you just Mm -hmm. feel again with like sort of a relaxed lip. You just feel the skin of either. I tend to either go to where their top lip is between my two lips or their bottom lip is between my two lips. So the lips themselves Mm -hmm. are kind of staggered slightly so that you can, you're almost just kissing that mound of either their upper lip or their lower lip at first. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I think it's you want to interlock. You don't, want, you don't want lower on lower and and top on top. I think you want to uh-uh. yeah. go a little bit above or a little below. And the lower lip is often bigger, so you might want to start with the bigger target. Right. By right. shooting a little bit low below the midline, so that your midline is on their lower lip. And you can think too about like if you feel like you're upper lip is particularly juicy and you want them to have a taste of that you go for their upper lip so that their mm. so that your lower lip you know your front runner is what they're kind of going to be mouthing um or the opposite mm-hmm. if you just got to have their lower their juicy lower lip cuz it looks good to you go for that give them your top lip doesn't matter um cuz you'll switch you'll kind of play with the dynamic um and then i just kind of move my mouth open and closed just slightly so that I'm kind of almost like knocking at the door metaphorically of like, Ooh, what's this? And like brushing against it and kind of pulling away maybe before I even do something that's like the, the smack release, which we should probably talk about the smack release. Yeah. So I think that that comes from a small amount of suction. Mm -hmm. Like um, imagine that you had shoved a, garbanzo bean a chickpea <laughs> inside of an olive and you're trying to suck it back out of the olive oh that's hole. a great that's a great just one. a slight you know and then you want to take a second away to chew and swallow the garbanzo bean and then go back mm-hmm. as if someone had stuffed in another garbanzo bean while you were away right and you can practice creating and releasing that tension again on your hand or another surface um to just see okay what does it sound like what does it feel like what are the mechanics of how much mm-hmm. sucking or you know, moving, it really takes to create the right amount of smack. It doesn't have to be too much. It doesn't have to be too much. Again, the key Mm -hmm. is just to kind of sense the other person and let them sense you and like play with the tension and kind of monitor to the moisture level, which Mm -hmm. will accumulate depending on how you're kissing. You don't want puddles, but you also don't want uh, dry cracked skin chapped right i think if Um, you yeah putting on even just a little tiny bit of like a lip balm nothing too pungent can help create a little bit more uh slippage mm. in a positive way you don't again you don't want too much you don't want to overdo it yeah i would put it on 15 minutes or so before i I wouldn't want a fresh application (laughs) then it feels like Somebody's putting chemicals on my lips. Mm. I, I never liked that. Right, um, right, right. 
Oh, this is exciting. This makes me want to kiss someone. I really like this conversation. Uh, well, get yourself in quarantine and I'll head over there and <laughs> practice for our viewers. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say that um, to take some of the pressure off of this, a bad kiss with somebody that you're really into is a lot better than uh, a really technically mm-hmm. sound like gold yeah. medal Olympic kiss with somebody that you're not into. Oh so, my like, God. Of course. You guys like each other. It's going to be You're already great. doing great. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, just try not to hurt each other. Yeah. And um, then you'll react in the moment, you know, you'll get feedback of like, Ooh, that feels good. And, mm-hmm. and pay attention to each of your breathing. That's like the mm-hmm. big thing. If someone breath takes a, a, a deeper, <laughs> bigger breath. <laughs> yeah. It really no, I is. Mean, like, that's a very expressive, <laughs> like somebody takes in a, a bigger breath usually means that something about what just happened excited them. Mm-hmm. And then try that again or try that a little bit more, whether it was like softer or harder or slower or faster, like uh-huh. whatever that thing was. Try Ooh, that again. Um, important point yeah. to make. Um Close your eyes <laughs> uh, as the recipient and the giver of, of kisses, I guess, in this department. Like it always creeps me out when I like if I start to if I pull away because you can kind of you can kind of go back and forth between being right up against them and pulling away to kind of make eye contact and be playful. But if I notice mm-hmm. that someone's like eyes have been open the whole time, it kind of weirds me out. <laughs> yeah. So if you can. I, I like to have my eyes open <laughs> Of course you do. Oh my fucking God. Of course you do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that a a bad kiss. real evil look in them. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I know. The birdness, the bird quality is very present. And then when you pull away, let out a squaw. (laughs) Squaw. (laughs) Don't do that. Of course. Of course. Don't do that. Flash Um, your talons. The only, I would say, I would say in general, no on animal sounds, except you know, a little like, mm, that's something that's like oh, purr-esque. Purrs, purrs are great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something kind of like the Babadook. <laughs> uh. Not that, but less evil. Again, moving away from yeah. the evil direction of this. Um, Some people have darker sensibilities than Morgan. And if you're one of those people or your girlfriend is, that's all right. I have, have a dark sensibility. Puppies and butterflies. But not. Doesn't manifest sexually. Not when we're talking about like how do we teach someone the beginning elements of kissing? Um, I, I think it's a personal thing. And like, if somebody has a certain style of uh, expression that feels authentic to them or turns them on, it could start like, all right, this is more of a growl than a purr for mm-hmm. them. They're more just of a growly yeah. person. And totally. so like, it's, it's an act of self-discovery. Uh-huh. It's a pretty exciting spot where you're at. I mean, I know. Kudos on, I'm like on jealous. That deal where you guys are already cuddling and having slumber parties uh-huh. and just sneaking that that in, like because your friends like nice. Yeah. Um. You you said before that a, yeah. a bad kiss, but with someone you're into is better than like a technically amazing kiss, whatever whatever that means. Oh, thanks. With you a, like that? Um. Yeah. And I wanted to say like a bad kiss. Two is just, or any any level of kiss at that when it's the first one is just the foundation for you to improve and get better, and it will mm. because you guys will learn the mechanics, like each other's mechanics and what works and what doesn't, and you'll figure it out together. Like I can't tell you how many times, like you know, I've I've kissed someone who then was like a you know longer term romantic interest, and we've 
talked about, okay, like how can we improve this or that? And like, um, it's the same goes for like great sex, great sex and great kissing, great, a lot of things can be earned with honest and open communication. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that like, it isn't great when you have that sort of magical chemical moment the first time with someone and you're like, yes, this is like, they're already starting from a place where like, we're kind of kissing compatible, but any, any type of relationship is improved and strengthened by talking about ways to make it better and make it, and that can be a sexy conversation too. It doesn't have to be like, well, how do you want to be? It's like, you can like, you can like put your, your index finger and just run it really delicately along their, their bottom lip and ask, how do you want to be kissed? And make it something that's like part of the play and like part of what makes it spicy and interesting. It doesn't have to be like boring or embarrassing, although it can be, of course. It can be. It's very understandable why this would be like sort of a, I don't know, kind of awkward topic, especially between two Mm -hmm. self-identifying shy people. I understand that. Um, But I'm just, yeah, I'm just excited for you guys to be like on this journey and at the beginning of this whole magical world of kissing and touching and and romantic expression. Kissing is so dope. Kissing is really good. Yeah. It's a reason people do it. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Have fun. Floss. (laughs) Floss before, not during, not right before. But like, you know, floss at night. It'll be good. Yeah. Try, try, if once you get to the making out stage, try drinking some orange juice and then making out for what extra slipperage. S- some advice I read online a long time ago if you want a real slippery makeouts, drink some orange juice. I really don't like think that. that the smell or taste of orange juice is something I would want on someone else's <sighs> mouth. Okay. That's um, personal. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Cupid <laughs> Cupid Shuffle Cha Slide says, what am I supposed to do when a guy is kissing my neck and shoulders? This guy always kisses my neck and shoulders when we are hugging. What am I supposed to do when he's doing it? Sometimes I jokingly grab his butt or just hug and hold him while he's doing it. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you supposed to do when you're getting your neck and yeah. shoulders kissed? I think that when someone is offering that to you. They're kissing your neck and shoulders. They want you to just be enjoying it. They want you to Mm -hmm. just savor it. And if you're not enjoying what he's doing, either because you don't enjoy having your neck and shoulders kissed or because he's not doing it in a way that is exciting to you, I would offer an alternative. I would say like, you know, um, to be honest, like there's something a little bit uncomfortable about that for me. And, you know, I would really love if you kissed my blank. Like if you're going to say, don't do this, give them a, give them an alternative to get excited about. Um, Yeah. And that being said, maybe some of the reason you're self-conscious during this or not enjoying it is because you haven't given yourself the permission to just receive it fully because I find it it very pleasurable Mm -hmm. or too hard Uh, if if you like the attention of the other person and are uh, attracted to them too um and like want that desire being close with them maybe they're like pressing too hard or or moving too fast given the moment that Mm -hmm. you're at right now Mm -hmm. or like the the level of uh engagement that you want 
And so then you can model it for them, like say, try it like this and then kiss their neck mm-hmm. and shoulders or mm-hmm. any place like that. And then, and then see if they like, like that teaching or, or, um, can emulate that on you. Um, yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah. The other thing to say is that obviously while you are being kissed on the neck and shoulders, like you're not doing anything with your mouth, you're not doing anything with your hands, like inherently. So there is somewhat of a thing of like, okay, if I can allow myself to just enjoy it, but I do want to be having something active to do just while that's going on. Cause I've been in that situation too, where it's like, okay, I'm enjoying this, but I also want to like participate in some way um, because maybe it just feels a little awkward or restless or something. I will often use my fingers or hands, you know, to trace their back or just kind of give them little signals with my hands, like about how I want Mm -hmm. it to be. Like if I want it to be rougher, I'll start grabbing them in a way that's rougher. If I want it to be softer or slower, I'll rub their back you know, in a very slow, gentle way. Um, you can also experiment with moaning, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, you know, developing this tool set of nonverbal cues, audible breaths. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. (sighs) Sucking wind through Mm -hmm. your teeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that one so much. (laughs) Why? Why not? I, I can't really do it. Oh, you probably got tight teeth. I think I do have tight teeth. It's not an attractive thing to to do for me. Um, Yeah. You you haven't had braces. You can suck air through your teeth. Mm. Um, You can also uh, move your body closer and further away from him. You can kind of like grind or shuffle. Yeah. Hip circles. Mm -hmm. Moving How can you up transfer and down. the energy you're getting on your neck into your hips? What what would yeah. it feel like if your yeah. hips were expressing what your neck is feeling? Yeah, just experimenting with different ways of grazing him with your body or your hands or um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, yeah, I I think it really the answer comes down to as we said, like is it something that you enjoy and want to continue at all, or would you prefer something else? And finding a way to communicate that either way. Hmm. Great. Yeah. Lightning round continues. <laughs> All right. Slav underscore the underscore survivor underscore 69. Am I doing this wrong? Okay. So for the record, I am a slender male 14-year-old and I have weak arms, misaligned shoulder blades, and a bad posture. Mm. In the past three days, I have been lifting dumbbells and listening to the music. I first lift dumbbell with one arm and when other song starts playing, I change the arm I'm working with. I feel really big fatigue and I'm not certain if I'm doing it good or bad. I am going to defer where I would normally say something first because you asked the question right back to you because I do not know anything about how to lift dumbbells (laughs) or I don't know as much as you. (laughs) Fair. Um, It sounds like you're doing curls. It's not entirely clear from the question, but um, I would go to YouTube and look up an instructor. Um, Especially if you have a condition which requires you to modify the range of motion. Mm. Um, Yeah, for bad posture, I want to recommend wall angels. Um, Don't do this if it hurts or anything like pops or or, um, 
feels like you're pinching a nerve, but the the thing to do with that is put your butt up against the wall, your shoulder blades against the wall, your back of your head against your wall. Try and get a flat um, with your knees locked or almost locked, ankles against the wall, and then um, raise your, your hands so the back of your wrists touch the wall as well as your elbows, and then reach upward while keeping contact with the wall. So at your whole as high as body, you can go. top to bottom, is against your, the wall. The whole backside of yeah. yourself okay, should okay. be against the wall, yeah. I mean, there will be places where it doesn't come into contact, um, like the back of your knee maybe, sure. or like below your calf, because you're not flat on the back of your body. You might have butt cheeks that protrude or whatever. Okay, wait, but, and your um, hand, where do your hands start holding the dumbbells? Your hands, so... You're not, you don't even have dumbbells. This is a oh, weight okay. free exercise. This is just for bad posture. Oh, okay. you, you mentioned that. So, um, just putting your shoulders, elbows, and backs of your wrists against the wall while you're standing. Like at a 90 degree angle, sort of like 90 arms. degree angle, okay. kind of like your, um, goal your, uh, an official yes saying that the field goal was good. Um, then reach your arms up the wall, sliding with contact on your wrists, like slide your wrists up to as high as they go. And this should feel um, like a stretch and a tightness in your back. And that will, um, if you do that several times slowly, it can really start to burn. Like it strengthens those muscles that just keeps you upright and straight. Mm. Um, now for curls, um, it sounds like if you're really fatigued, you're doing them too long. And, yeah, a whole um, song. That sounds like a really a lot of reps. Yeah. I think a good starting point is um, a weight that you can do only 10 times per side. And um, then that 11th one you wouldn't quite be able to do with the right form. Focus on form rather than uh, lifting something heavy, especially when you're starting out. Um, yeah, it's hard to uh, get better form if you've in, if you've trained like in a, a bad way where you're only doing half of the exercise and then you don't have the full range of motion developed. Um, so yeah, lower weight, better, better form, which is like all the way down from straight locked elbow out up to where the weight is about touching your shoulder and then back down. Just do it slow and controlled. Um, yeah. I think the recommendation yeah, I would count reps rather than the music. Sorry. Yeah. Check out somebody on YouTube because like this is an audio podcast probably not the best person but um go to youtube type in how to do curls <laughs> with your dumbbells and uh if you've only got these one weights you may find like all right if it's low weight you do more reps of it um but yeah if you're really sore start start easier like getting into a workout routine is it's a common mistake is to do too much and then the next day be like oh i can't do anything for like a week mm. So, yeah, work your way up to it. Yeah. You're not going to build that ideal body in, like, a month. It's going to take years, but you make steady progress. So Yeah, I would also look into, uh, again, at least initially while you're starting out, exercises that where you use your own body weight as resistance because I feel like there's less mm. potential for injury there. So, you know, starting with a push-up type situation, squats, lunges, um, and then you can add weights to that. Yeah. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> oh, she my is. God. Oh, my God, I am. <laughs> She's nailing it, especially right now in these coronavirus times. Especially right now. Body weight's all the rage. <laughs> um, all right. Pew, pew, lightning round. You want some more lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do one more. Okay, one last one. Um... 
how do I break up with someone without hurting them? Says Honeycat3. I'm sort of with a guy right now. It's been on and off for a few years, actually. I'm in a rough place emotionally, and I think being on my own would be ideal. I'm scared of telling him this. I know that he's been alone and feeling pretty awful, and I want to make him happy. I know breaking up with him would make him feel absolutely horrible. What should I do? I'm very conflicted. I think either way, one of us will be hurt. Yeah. Um, I can say with lots of confidence, having <laughs> been a part of many, many breakups, lots of breakups on my resume, um, leaning, leaning in, in the direction of being the dumper, which, you know, is, is, I would say less painful than being the dumpy, but it's important to know that but also can still really suck and sometimes isn't. There is pain on both sides of every breakup. There is. It's not a, it's a, it's unavoidable unless you had no feelings for that person uh, whatsoever. Um, yeah, I, I would say that that's usually true. Yeah. And so I think that going into it with the expectation that there's some perfect way to break up with someone that's not going to hurt them um, is unrealistic, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so that brings us to, okay, well, what's the kindest way? What's the most real way? Least how hurtful. least hurtful? How would I want pain. to, how would I want to hear this information? Um, but even so, you if know, if I were them, if I were them, mm -hmm. right. Um, but even so, like I've, I've broken up with people in, in every which way you can and no one's ever happy about it. <laughs> so there, expect, expect there to be potentially a negative reaction, no matter what, and expect them to maybe potentially lash out at you and say like, you should have done it this way. You shouldn't have done this. Like, how could you blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. All those things are coming out of their pain, which you're really only causing because you're saying, I don't want this to continue anymore. And, and they obviously don't feel the same way. So that rupture is something that you're creating out of necessity um, to get both of your needs met. And in this case, because you're unhappy in the relationship, no one's needs are getting met in the relationship because they're not in a relationship that's, that's mutually loving and fulfilling. Um, mm -hmm. so I always think that, you know, when you've come to that conclusion soundly, it is time to end the relationship. Um, and I think that some of the the right ways to do it or the ways that, uh, you know, are going to be the best or least painful. Or, um, I like to also include honesty in my equation of like, what's a good way to break up with someone is start by reflecting on the relationship, get really clear about what isn't working for you. Get clear about what you're going to miss when you do break up. Just revisit the elements of the relationship. Make sure you're certain on your decision. Make sure that you have language to describe it. And then do it and don't back down is really the best advice I have. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. I think one way to help you get that language would be to like practice with mm -hmm. a trusted friend first. Um you know, like kind of running the scenario of like, okay, w w they can play your partner and you can say however you'd like to word it. I, I think it's important to be clear that you are breaking up with them. Sometimes mm -hmm. people try to break up with somebody and then 
the person is confused about whether they just want some space or want a break or some of the thing that is more ambiguous. I think the more definitive you can be, the, the clearer you can be, the better it is. And, and perhaps the more painful it is in that moment, but it causes the less long-term pain and um, uh, dwelling on the subject. And yeah, the unfortunate thing is that it's likely to be painful and there, that may not be something that you can control. Um, it's just, that's the cost of love, I think. And the best thing mm. that you can do is to be clear, um, be kind. If you can, um, acknowledge positives and, um, some kind of warmth for the person, um, while stating that, that this is like a non-negotiable mm-hmm. position that you've taken. Um, and... Yeah, um, it may be difficult for both of you, so please have compassion for yourself, too, if you're yeah. struggling with this. Um, yeah. I, I, on on the subject of reasons, I think it's common for a person being broken up with to ask why, mm-hmm. and um, it's a reasonable question. I think if the reason you're breaking up with someone is something beyond their control, such as a... Uh, genetic disorder or um, an unchanging quality of their person, it may not be helpful to include that reason. Um, The best reasons to report are the ones that are individual to you. So that's that's the easiest thing for them to deal with. Um, But then there is another category of reasons where it's something that is true about a person right now that maybe they could change. And this is the the category that I think is harder to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like if it's that the person is, um, seems self-centered or, um, is not considerate of your feelings or is too considerate of your feelings and doesn't seem to have, um, enough of their own independent life, then that is the type of thing that I think, um, it's worth considering very carefully how you craft that message to tell the person, like I've felt, there was an excess of you caring about me or an excess of me caring about you with, without you uh, reciprocating in these ways. And then like giving one example um, so that this person does have feedback because otherwise in the absence of a reason, I think that anybody's biggest insecurity is the thing that they will assume is the reason Mm -hmm. that that uncertainty causes them to dwell on it for far longer. If um, less painfully initially, I think that that pain lasts longer and totals, greater so yeah Mm. it's it's just a hard place to be and I really love what you said about it's the cost of love because it is you know we always enter into a loving relationship with a lot of optimism um and maybe maybe we know that it could end badly or maybe have fears about that but Whenever it comes, it it always seems to be, you know, um, wow, I, I didn't I didn't think we would get here or mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just sad. It's sad no matter how you slice it. Um, and there's a feeling of loss for the things that were good. And I think I want to also because we covered I think we covered the answer to the question, but I, th- I think it's it's always fair to say, um, I mean, I just went through a breakup 
about a month ago now. And, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still having those moments where I, uh, experience something or I'm reminded of something that carried a lot of significance in our relationship, you know, whether it was something that sparked joy or sparked sadness or whatever it was, it just, um, there's that, that gradual pulling apart of your lives again, of re-experiencing everything, but alone. Um, and these are also moments that can make it hard to stay broken up. I think in some cases, um, which is why you want to be really sure before you uh, actually commit to the deed. Um, you know that I write your reasons down. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. So that when you see that special mug that they used, you don't go running back to them. You just let yourself have a grief process around it of like, yeah, wow, I remember all the times when you know we uh, we used this mug together. We drank tea together. We drank coffee together. We made breakfast together. Those are mine. Um, and you have to give yourself the allowance for that to be sad. And then to just remember, touch in with the reasons that it didn't work and remember that those were very real. Um, but you know, to expect, expect the nostalgia, expect the grief, expect the pain so that you're not caught off guard and, you know, you don't go back on what you know right now to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. This is a difficult thing. But uh, if you do it, I think that it can increase your confidence in the next time mm-hmm. that you're feeling love for somebody that you're you're able to do this. You're not just going to be stuck because mm-hmm. you feel responsible for their feelings. Um Right. So right. I hope that this goes as well as it can for you. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, the, the one other thing that I want to say, even though we were already like going towards that gentle lovey dovey closing. Um, oh, yeah. Is the other person may really protest and may really yeah. try to argue with you. But it's important to remember that your feelings can't be argued with. You know how you feel. And that other person can't tell you how you feel or don't. Um, and they, they also can't use their feelings to bully you into changing your mind. Mm-hmm. That just felt important to say. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck. All right, everybody. This has been another week. Of the free <laughs> this has been podcast. an episode. <laughs> a free advice podcast. No comment on if Morgan it's good or Beard. bad. And Rob Zaleski. I think this is good. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel good. People kissing fruit. Mm, Yeah. Makes me want to kiss. It's exciting stuff. What's the best fruit to kiss, do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, this is not really going to be, this is a potentially controversial answer um, because it's not very lip like, but it's kind of fun. All right. Grapes. All right. Grapes. Cool. I'm down. You can like take the whole thing in your mouth, kind of like lick it. Maybe it's more of like a just oral kind of (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. Shoot a grape at the ceiling, lay on your back and (laughs) pop it out of your mouth. Pucker pucker your lips up and then blow your cheeks out and then smack both your cheeks at once and watch that grape hit the ceiling. There's a lot of good games for grapes. Mm -hmm. What were you, what would you say? Um, 
something like a peach. Yeah. Maybe a plum. Mm -hmm. Proper ripeness. Um, if it's a very hairy old man, maybe a coconut. <laughs> a kiwi. What would be the worst <laughs> <A kiwi>. fruit? <laughs> the worst fruit? Mm -hmm. What's a prickly fruit? Like a, oh, a pineapple. dragon fruits? One of those, um, with the red hooks on it. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Scary. Pineapple would be bad too. Yeah. Cause the, the know, flesh would be pineapple. weird too. Cause it's like all gets caught in your teeth. It's very stringy and mm -hmm. it's acidic. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, the worst would probably be like a really hot pepper, like a habanero. Okay, but that's not a fruit. If we're talking vegetables, Aren't fruits. No, I fruits were peppers were fruits. I don't think so, dude. The whole fruit vegetable game is super <laughs> confusing. That just just going by what sweet is not gonna no. land you on the right side of history. Av I would like say watermelons or berries, avocados and tomatoes are fruits. Yeah, Probably avocados and fruits. tomatoes are definitely the con major confusion points. Mm-hmm. There's probably some others in there hiding. Uh, bananas might be a vegetable or something. Or, <laughs> you know. uh, yeah. All right, guys. Um, this is this is nice. It's nice to hear from you, Morgan. Yeah. I think it's time to go. Too. Let's do it again <sighs> in a week. Sounds good. See you guys there. All right, y'all. Write us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. Bye. Good night.